on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Priscilla And this is the show for the real, let's say goodbye to the lies The fakeness and delusions of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Guys, today, we have one of the four episodes, okay? So uh, we do full-length episodes here, which is what we're going to do today. Uh, sometimes when you come on, we're going to do real talk, which is basically where I call you out on all your bullshit. Um, sometimes we do CTI, which is Cruise the Internet, where DJ and I uh, make fun of the entire world. And then... Um, call the world out on their bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And then we have Q&AF, where I try to help you guys know, like, we've got a little bit of, like, identify the problem and solve the problem. That's what we're doing over here. So if this is your first time listening. We do have a fee for the show. Uh, I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm not going to run ads halfway through the show. Uh, you know, I can make eight figures running ads on the show in your ears, and I would never have to listen to them. But I don't do that to you because it's annoying as fuck when I listen to other people. So in lieu of that sort of uh, income for me, I would ask for some word of mouth income. All right. If you like the show, if it made you laugh, if it made you think, if it taught you something, um, or if you just want to support your, your buddy Andy, talk about the show. All right. Now. We do have a very special guest today, and uh, it's definitely not DJ. Yeah. <laughs> All right? So, what's up, DJ? What's up? We got Dr. Sal. What's going on, everybody? I thought I was a special guest. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know you thought you were. Well... I think they think I am. Now we did. Yeah. Oh, do they? I'm oh. just saying, you know. Oh, all right. I'm just saying inbox gets hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My favorite shows when you're on the show, Sal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start tagging you in all of them. I, I already know I that. Know, I didn't know Instagram made you DM yourself. I already I know, know that. But the, the thing is, if you were on the show all the time, then you they wouldn't just see your highlight reel. They'd know you were <laughs> like a, a dumbass. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Or so, extremely funny. Yeah, yeah. But if they saw me on YouTube, they'd know I'm extremely handsome. Well, you know, it's kind of like, you know. And hey, on YouTube, brothers, today, you I can't I, disagree with that. I got that. some deodorant on me today, so yeah. it is what it is. Can't be perfect all the time. I mean, hell, it's hard, but somebody's got to do it. And we have a very special guest for you, uh, former governor of Missouri, uh, United States Senate candidate uh, and future senator and future a lot of things and a good friend of mine, Eric Greitens. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? How, How are, are you? you? Good. It's good to be on here with you, yeah. Sal, DJ. Thanks yeah, for having bro. me, guys. Yeah, it's, really it's cool, cool, man. It's, it's really good cool, to have man. you here. Yeah, thanks, yeah. bro. Um, so, guys, I wanted to bring Eric on because, as you know, I've brought on a couple other people that I believe in and who I think are, have good solutions and good answers for the country. Um, and we're going to talk about those today. So what I would like to talk about is just, you know, like, Eric, you know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, now, Eric and I have a lot of conversations about, about this, so this could very well go on for a week. Uh, we're going to try to keep it consumable size for you all. <laughs> but, uh, man, it's really good to we, have we you can, We can come back if we need to. Yeah. We can do versions two and three and yeah, four if, if, we're, if people, people are digging yeah. it. But just yeah. build a bigger yeah. studio. You'd be Abs a full-time guest. <laughs> That's right. You know, one thing about Eric and I as friends is that I really appreciate, and I want to say this yeah. to your face, Thanks, is like bro. we don't actually agree on every single issue. Right. Right, right, right. We we have healthy debates, and we're great friends afterwards. Yes, and it, you know it's the way it really should be. I was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, and and I think you know for I was thinking about this on the drive in this morning. You know, everybody's going to the extremes, like the extreme left or the extreme right, and if you don't agree with you know one or the other, you're the extreme other. And the truth is, if you don't agree with all of it, yeah. You're, yeah. you, you know, if you don't agree with the full, full left agenda, you're an extremist, right? right? If, if you don't agree with the far right agenda, which I don't know, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah. Uh, but 
You're a redneck <laughs> from Missouri with a podcast. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the truth of the matter is, man, most of the country uh, is regular people. They're just regular people, man. They want to, they want to, I mean, I see you out all over, dude. Yeah. Eric's all over the country talking to people all the time. Um, the one thing that Eric and I do have in common is that, dude, we are strong freedom first yes. people and um, America first people. And well, you know, it's actually, there's a really interesting thing I was thinking about on the drive-in. One of the reasons for that, like, so when I, when I'm out, one of the things that always happens is people come up to me and the question they ask is like, how is it that, and usually they say the left, how is it that the left is so stupid? Yeah. No. And it's a real question. They say, how is it that they look at defunding the police, they see the thousands of murders that have increased, and they don't know that it's happening? How is it that they look at the open border and they see everything that's happening and that they ask themselves these questions? And part of the reason is that the difference between real people and the people who talk about and engage in politics is that real people do real things. They do things with their hands. And so here's what happens. When you're solving a real problem, it has a reality, okay? If you and I are working on an engine, right? And you say to me, hey man, I think it's the spark plugs. I can't say, dude, you're a racist, yeah. <laughs> okay? I have to say, I have to say, you know what? Actually, I already checked that. I think they're working. Maybe it's the fuel line, whatever. But you have to solve a problem that has a reality. One of the problems in our society right now is that so many, especially on the left, so many of the people who are always talking about politics, everything exists for them in their heads. Mm -hmm. And it's why you see things coming out of their mouths, things that they say that seem complete madness, and they're completely detached from reality. And it's also why I always found, when I, whether I was a Navy SEAL doing humanitarian work in government, if I was working with people who really cared about a problem, you could work together. It did not matter what their background was, if you disagreed on philosophy or politics or whatever. If they were dealing with the reality of the problem in front of you, you could say, okay, cool. Well, let, let, let's work on, let's figure out what does help homeless veterans? What does help kids in school? If you ask a real problem about the reality, you can deal with it. Right now, we literally have a political class that is detached from reality. Dude, I was noticing that exact same thing. It, I think you, were you and I, talk, no, I was talking about with Mike yesterday at the house. Um, the, the Sacramento shooting, right? Did you, did you see that? I, di I didn't. There was, a, closely, there was a yeah. mass shooting, yeah. six people got killed. Uh, a big team injured. Yeah, yeah in Sacramento on Sunday, like Saturday night, Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah. Big fight. Yeah. People brought out guns, started shooting shit. And the next day, you know, the, the MSM is on, on record. You know, they're on TV saying, gun laws, Biden's out. Gun laws, gun laws, gun laws. And that's a perfect example of this. They're not even asking the question, would these laws have prevented right. this from happening? And right. the answer is no. no. Right. And that's a constant. It's, it, to me, it feels like, it all, dude, it, like, and I don't know what you think about this. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but I can't remember. But like, dude, it almost feels like they're, they're using technology and the media and all of these things to prop these people up to make them seem like they're far more powerful than they really are. Yes. Uh, the, the people on the, the, the left extremists, right? We're bending over backwards for all these crazy, you know, moralist viewpoints um, that are quite frankly un-American. Mm. Uh, you know, let's just be real. 
And they're amplifying by the use of technology, the actual resistance that regular Americans who have common sense face. Because the truth is, dude, and you've done this a lot more than me, but even when I go, like I told you uh, how I went to California uh, and and I spoke and everybody was with the message, everybody. And it was a main, and you were there. It was mainly Latino crowd. Yeah. Okay. And they were crazy about like the American values and and the pro freedom pro freedom talk and like they understand capitalism. They understand how crazy this shit is. And bro, anywhere I've actually gone in real life, the people that show up that are with this line of thinking are not only in very small numbers, but like you can physically look at them and say, "Dude, these people are fucking whack jobs." And and what's also clear, and this is the really deep point that so 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 many times conservatives and patriots miss. What's also clear is how cruel they are. Yeah. Okay. Because if you really care about people, then you care about the results that you're getting for them. If you really care about people, then you'd ask the question, would a change in laws actually help? If you really care about people, you'd ask yourself, does this policy actually work? And one of the things that I found, you know, I, and I found this actually early in my life. This was before I was in the SEAL teams. I was doing humanitarian work overseas. So I worked in, in Bosnian refugee camps. I worked in Rwandan refugee camps. I worked with kids in Cambodia who lost limbs to landmines. And what you found was that a lot of times the policies that sounded good, we're going to create a center for orphaned children. Mm-hmm. We're going to do X. We're going to do Y. It didn't actually work. I found the same thing when I was working with veterans after I was hit by a suicide truck bomb and I started the mission continues. There's all this language around like, well, we're going to help these guys and we're going to make sure that they get this charitable program. We're going to make sure that they get lots of disability pay. We're going to make sure that they get the right drugs. But if you really care about people, you have to, again, look at the reality. Do these programs work? Do they actually work? And what you're seeing there and you're pointing out, and it's why people feel like the whole discourse in the country is off, is that it's clear the people who are talking don't really care. If you really love people, then you're going to dig in and you're going to figure out what works. Yeah. And, and, and you also realize that like what works here might not work there. Mm-hmm. What, work, what works for this person might not work for that, that person. And you really dig in. And that's part of why... People are so upset with all of politics is that it's clear most of the people, most of the elected officials and, and this is true in both parties, right? Most of the elected officials and a lot of the people who are talking, they don't really care. No, it's about self-preservation, building a career and furthering their establishment benefits or their ability to to funnel money into their, their little, uh, what what Jordan Belfort would call a rat hole. Right. 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 Um, That's, that's what it is. And that's, you know, the message that I've been on forever now is like, dude, we need some real people. Yes. We need some yes. real people who yes. actually have real experience, yes. who have gone real places, yes. done real things. And you've done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, most of these people that I see in office right now, and I think from my point of view, the biggest problem that we have in America is that we have people who have been in for a long time. They've established, you know, right. they've, they've, they've listen. They've established true fascist relationships, okay? Which means they're taking corporate money and and the the government branch and the corporation branch are uniting together to form a certain level of tyranny against the people. Yeah. And that's what's been happening and it's and and we have a bunch of people in our government right now who care way more about themselves. We have yes. a president right now who cares way more about himself and his family's wealth than the betterment and and success of the average person in America. Right. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Well, let's get into this because I so yeah. so we 
Did you guys see that uh, Hungary's president got elected? Oh, I didn't yeah, see. Yeah, he did, was did, an did anti-Soros guy. Yeah, yeah, anti- yeah. I know Soros there is was, your buddy. He was driving. <laughs> he was he was driving a lot of the globalist nuts, yeah. especially in Europe. And there was this huge attack, really yeah. global attack against him. He won yes, big yes. yesterday. Cool. Did you I see did not, that? I did not. Oh, see dude, that, no. he won like it was a major landslide. Yeah, huge news. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's pissed. Yeah, like, yeah. All our friends. Right. Right. <laughs> They're mad. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So we got. Uh, a, a survey came out, right? And we're going to pull up the top pressing issues facing America and how we fix them, okay? Um, and so there's 11 topics, and we just open conversation, talk cool, about cool, them, cool. dig into them. But yeah. I think first we got to do a little honorable mention. These are uh, topics uh, that did not make the list. So Hold on. There's no such thing as honorable mention, bro. There is first place. You'll like this honorable mention. That's it. <laughs> Certain things that didn't make the list, racism did not make the list. So these, this was a survey of American citizens and what, what they, they actually about. care about. What they actually cared okay. about. So this honorable mention is things that didn't make it. Okay, okay. so racism. You're not sure, on DJ. There. I know you get accused of being a racist all the time. Well, so I mean, I, th- he, I think that I, I think, think that should that, actually yeah. be my, my Andrew, like her, DJ, the most <laughs> racist guy in the room. Yeah, that's me. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> But, but, but other right. things that the, if you only knew, yeah, if you, only knew <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, other things I didn't care about the blue or gold dress, not get didn't make it. Immigration did not make the list. Surprisingly, that, that's surprising me. Nancy, that's a major issue. It's a major issue. Nancy Pelosi didn't make the list. Uh, the well, Will Smith, she's going to die. The Will, Will Smith smack did not make the list. Um, and then it's Colin Kaepernick, white or black did not make the list. So uh, let's get on with the real list. Then. Colin Kaepernick has cool hair. That's, I just leave it at that. <laughs> all right. We'll just leave it right there. That's real. I wish I had that flow. That's real. All right. So we're going we're gonna to go ahead and start this list off. We're going uh, from, from uh, bottom up, essentially. So number 11, this is the 11th most concerning topic pressing uh, uh, Americans, taxation. Mm, okay. Yeah. So this is number 11. Okay. You guys know the, the, the federal tax rates. These are just some of the rates here. Andy, you know, you get fucking slammed. Yeah. Um, no lube. <laughs> no lube. Ever. How do we fix it? What, 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 where, where, where are we at on taxes? I think people, the, the majority consensus is that we are giving tax way too, way too much. Okay. Uh, 2021, it was $4 trillion in tax, uh, taxes, federal taxes that was uh, uh, taken from the American citizens. And uh, we're spending about $6 trillion on, on average per year. What's the, uh, what's the solution? So I think one of the things you have to look at and remember that's very important when you think about this is the massive theft that is happening inside the government. The massive theft. And specifically, a lot of it is legalized theft. Oh, yeah. One of the reasons why I was attacked as governor was because I went and I zeroed out these completely corrupt tax credit programs. I'll give you just one Missouri example, okay? In Missouri, uh, they have something called the low-income housing tax credit. And they always do this. Sounds nice. A low income housing tax credit. Who could be opposed to that? Well, what that means is every year, about $150 million of taxpayer money, taxes paid by the people of Missouri, is given away to people in this tax credit program. And you go back audit after audit over, over the course of a decade showed that only about 42 cents of every dollar actually went to anything close to low income housing. So you do the quick math. Over the last, just the last 10 years, $1.5 billion, 58%, $750 million that's being stolen and given away to insiders. And then to understand how the scheme works, because it happens in the same way in the federal government, what the low-income housing tax credit guys do, they then turn around 
and take that taxpayer money, that 750 million, and they give out lots of political donations. Okay, so now they're paying off all of the politicians. So what do the politicians do? They keep the low income housing tax credit program going. And what happens? The politicians, fat and happy. All of the insiders, fat and happy. And everybody who's listening to this right now who's working, you're paying for it. And it is a complete scam. And that's and just that's one. one yeah. That's one small example. And it happens again and again and again. And at the federal level, what happens is these big companies hire lobbyists. Those lobbyists go in and they write things into an extraordinarily complicated tax code, which creates special bonuses, incentives, giveaways for massive companies that then turn around and take those gains and use them to give donations to politicians. So what's happened is the entire system is broken. It's not just about what level of taxation, and obviously it's too high, but the fact is it is such a rigged and unfair system. And where you need to get to is to get all of the unfairness out and make it incredibly simple. Mm -hmm. Right now, the tax code is so massive. It's literally- That's intentional, by the way. And that is intentional. They intentionally make it complicated. They intentionally make it hard for people to comply with. And they put all of these special bonuses in there, all these special bonuses for their friends. And who loses? Everybody who's listening right now. Every honest person who's out there. And then you combine that with the fact that they spend wildly and recklessly on things that everybody agrees are, are, are nonsense, right? This this $1.2 trillion they just spent on the Green New Deal, they called it an infrastructure bill. And you ask anybody who's listening right now, like what's, what's infrastructure? It's a road, it's a bridge, it's a port. Like those things are infrastructure. The Green New Deal, that ain't infrastructure. But they take your money and they spend it on things like that and then tax you more while all of their friends get off. Yeah, and those people that the, that get the money, this is a whole nother way they make money here, guys. Yes. They own stock in the people's companies that, that are getting the money on top of it. So their companies, they're getting money directly. Their, their friends are getting rich yes. and doing better. Yes. And then they're getting paid again off the stock increase that they own in these companies. Okay? And so it's not, and I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this because it's very important that regular people understand that not only are we being taxed too much money, but it's being scammed to look as if we're trying to fix problems and we're doing the good thing and we're good people and we care. When in reality, <clears throat> they have a spending problem, we have a collection problem, and uh, we have a, a no interest in the people problem. You know, the reason this country is so far technologically behind some of these other countries, which in case you haven't understood yet, we are, um, is because these people are continuing to steal our money. Yes. And back in, you know, back in the old days, people are throwing tea in the harbor for 3% tax. Yes. You know, all said and done in California, you know, these dudes are paying in the 60 percentile. That means they're working for 60% of the year for the government. You're a government employee, bro. Yeah. 
Like you, you're not an entrepreneur. You're not a business owner. You're, you're a government employee. You're working for the government Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then you get to work for yourself on yeah. Thursday and Friday. And then on the weekends. And this, these yeah. systems, these systems over time collapse. Yeah. Well, these I systems mean, over time collapse. It, it, there's, there's a couple ways to look at it. You're throwing money at that issue doesn't solve that issue. It's right. if you take somebody who makes. You, and we do, we, we have, you know, lots of young people who work here and teaching them fiscal responsibility is one of our roles, which is why we do a really good, very good job of keeping young people because we right. teach them things that the world does not. If you have a spending problem, when you make more money, you just increase the spending issue, you know? And so like in this particular environment, no amount of money that we continue to throw at that problem is going to fix itself. Well, also, bro, that when they come at you and they like Biden's right now saying, hey, we're going to tax unrealized gains. We're going to tax this. We're going to, when they raise the tax, there is, n the average person does not understand there is zero intention of that benefit coming to you. <laughs> right. Like there's not, it's not like, oh, we screwed up or this or that. It's an inside game that we're all in on. And we're saying, hey, you know what? 32% uh, is not enough. I'm going to have you make, I'm going to bump you up to that 35, right? And then I'm just going to take that money myself. Well, yeah. I think there's, a, sorry, the, the way to fix that too, and going back to Eric's point, you know, where there's mystery, there's margin. That's, that's yeah. the, whenever the deal is too, mm. it's too confusing, it's, it's hard to figure out, there's, they're hiding money. That's yeah. the whole game. So there's, I mean, in the sales process, that's the goal. When they, when a deal comes to you and it's way too fucking complicated, they're just trying to hide money. That's the yeah. whole. Is that fine whole, print on the commercial? No, that's it. I mean, it's, the, it's, <laughs> it's the whole yin and yang of that situation, but. In my opinion, just from the, you know, I, I love fiscal uh, structure and you start looking at it, there's real, you could make a flat tax on the front end and a consumable tax on the, on the back end. And then we fit it, we base it off of that. It's, hey, we all pay this on what we make, no matter what it is. The more you make, the more they actually get paid. And if you want to spend that money on stupid shit, well, that's your choice because we're going to increase the tax across the board based off those things. Now, these are things that people who make $50,000 a year can't probably could not afford. We're going to increase that tax. And it's now you have a judgment to make based off what you want to buy. It's a consumable tax. Well, and, and to go even deeper, the big problem in almost all political discourse, right, is that politicians and insiders talk about how much money they're spending. So they'll say, we're going to spend $200 this year or $200 million this year or $1 trillion this year. In the real world, what people are interested in are results. What are you getting for the money that you are spending? And you look back over the course of American history, what did we get for the war on poverty? How big of a reduction did we get? It didn't work. So people ask themselves, and they should be asking, the question that, that the politicians love to talk about is, well, we're going to spend more on X. Okay, the question that they should be asking is, what results did you get for the money you already spent? That's the question. Well, and they, unless they yeah. spend all of the money, they don't get the budget increase. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So there's a catch-22 there. Now they yes. have to go out and frivolously spend it at the end of the year on whatever they can so that they make sure that they get their extra 12% yeah. next year. Yeah. Dude, that's it's a like bullshit George scheme. Carlin said, man. It's a big club and you ain't in it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And like, that has to change. Yes. You know, for our, I argue all the time, you and I have talked about this many times. Yeah. It's not our government model that's messed up. What it is, is it's the people that are in the model. It's Correct. the moral structure. Yeah. Right. And they're yeah. all covering for each other. They all come out. Dude, I explain, here's how I explain it to the average person. When you, <laughs> you'll learn this one, one day. When you have someone sue you or you decide you're going to sue someone, um, you're going to go to an attorney and you're going to say, hey, you know, I want to sue this guy. 
And he's going to go, okay, we'll, we'll do that. It's awesome. We're going to fucking sue him. Let's get him. And they get you all hyped, right? And they call up the other guy's attorney and say, hey, I got this guy here. He's really hungry to sue this guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, let's, how about we go out and let's, let's have a round of golf. We'll talk about it and see what we can do. Okay. And they, go out, huh? they, go, they go out on the golf course, right? And they say, all right, I don't think my guy's going to quit and, uh, until he gets what he wants. Like, but I think I can get him to go for this. And the other guy says, well, let's, we could probably do this, but let's, you know, let's drag it on. Let's keep it going. Like, and they start acting in their own interests, okay? And this is what attorneys do. And this is why, and get, guess who's in the legislature? They're mostly. Mostly attorneys. <laughs> yeah, so this yeah. is common practice for them to do that. Yeah. Right? And you, you have this, you have an well, experience with this. And, and what, I, you're, you're, exactly, you're exactly right, because what happens is, and I, I've always talked about this, if you want to identify somebody who's going to become a sellout in office, it's mm. very, very clear. You ask yourself, is this office they're going to be in the most impressive thing they've ever done in their life? Mm -hmm. And here's why. Because if they get it, then they don't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. Okay? They're mm -hmm. not there to serve other people. If somebody comes into office and they've got an incredible background, they built a great business, they were a fantastic teacher, they were a great architect, they did something. If they come into government because they want to accomplish something, that's very different than someone who wants to be a government official. Right. And so then they get in and then what happens is all, and you see it, it's disgusting. All of the lobbyists descend on them the minute that they get elected and they start working them and they tell them, well, we can get you money for your reelection here. We can do this. Well, don't say that because that's going to get you in trouble, et cetera, et cetera. And what they do is the people who, who don't want to lose the office are the ones who become sellouts, which is why you need to have Back in that, those days, you think about George Washington, you think about Thomas Jefferson, you think about Alexander Hamilton, you think about Benjamin Franklin, you think about all, you think about Sam Adams, you think about all of these people who are part of the revolution. They were incredibly capable people who had achieved things outside of government. So when they said, we're going to put our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor on the line, they were putting something on the line. Today, you have all of these people who are running for office or who are in office, and this is the most important thing they've ever done. They're part of that club, and that's why that's why they're there, and that's why they don't they don't take any risks to change things. True or not true? If we eliminated lobbying, we'd eliminate at least eighty percent of the problems. Yeah, it's a huge piece. It's a we huge. We have no tax issue huge, in that regard. We wouldn't have you, the corruption in, at scale. They're a huge part of the corruption, and one of the ways you could do it, and this is one of the things. So, so one of the reasons why I was always hated by the lobbyists was that the first day I was governor, the first day I signed an executive order that said anyone who worked for me could never turn around and lobby me. Okay, because this is how the whole government structure works. You've got guys who are in Senate offices or who are senators in congressional offices who are congressmen. And what do they do? They work for a while on the elected side and then they know they're going to leave and go get paid by the lobbyists. So who do you think they're serving when they're in office? And it's a very simple rule, which is that if you've been in office, you cannot become a lobbyist. And the rule I proposed was that you cannot be a lobbyist for as many years as you served, okay? You serve for one year, then cool. You can't become a lobbyist for a year. But if you've been a career politician and you've served for 20 years, mm. then you can't become a lobbyist for 20 years. If you've worked in Congress for five years, you can't become a lobbyist for five years. And when I said this, and when I also said, we're gonna ban all lobbyist gifts, they went crazy. 
absolute crazy. So what Can you, you do, do <laughs> yeah, look, and we, we did when I was going to, we banned all lobbyist gifts to the executive branch. And the minute I was gone, you know what they said? Well, we'll take we'll lobbyist gifts right again. Yeah, they do. This is, it's, it's, it's sad, difficult man. for people to understand and it's difficult to over, overstate how incredibly corrupt the whole system is. How corrupt and how cowardly. Tremendous corruption, tremendous cowardice, and you're exactly right, Sal. If you said you cannot leave to become a lobbyist, well, then that ends their, that ends their gravy train. The whole run. Right. All right. Next I, that was vote. only 11. We got a lot. We chose 11. You should have said five or yeah, four. My, my, vote, my vote is 15% tax. Make everybody pay the tax. I don't care if you make $1 or if you make a trillion dollars. I'm with that. No I, expenses. I, dude, I just think Let that's how it should be. That's my vote. I'm with it. Yeah, I'd, I'd vote for that. Yeah. Well, we, the truth of the matter of that situation without getting to point 10 is we would probably generate more revenue. No, we would. Not only that, do you know how much more successful businesses would be? Yeah, the great. whole idea of how they tax businesses is, well, it's based on this. Uh, business owners are greedy and they take all the money themselves, so we got to take it from them. That's their fucking thing. <laughs> when, in re- when in reality, if you, you, okay, I agree. Some business owners are greedy. They want more money and they know how to get more money. You know how you get more money? By hiring more people and growing your company. And guess what that does? That creates jobs. It creates communities. It contributes to all kinds of good shit. And they're, they're, a business person's greed is actually a good thing in most cases because it requires them to serve other people to get where they want to go. Exactly. And, but what they, do, what they don't do, uh, look, man, is what it comes down. Do you trust politicians to do the right thing or do you trust business owners to create jobs in their own interests and, and have people right. work? I mean, it, right. what would you rather I, have? I, like, yeah. I mean, now my brain's spinning. We could, we could fiscally fix the whole goddamn thing in about four, 90 minutes here. Bro, <laughs> but look at student loan debt. Like if you just said, pass it on to a company and said, hey, listen, you can hire it. You have to relieve their debt by getting a tax incentive to do it. We could relieve the employee's debt after X amount of years. We'll pay for it. The government would get their money back. The, the employer would get the tax incentive. The, the, uh, the student would get relieved of the debt and everybody fucking don't, wins. They would never touch that. Don't deal. you think that the, the, the amount, like, don't you, isn't it weird that they, they give unlimited amounts of student loans? To 18-year-old kids? Yeah. And don't you think it's weird that, um, why wouldn't they make the amount of student loan relative to the actual pay scale of the degree Here's, that you if, want to get? If you, if you really wanted to change things, yeah. you wanted to throw it in radically. Now, let's keep in mind for student loan debt, it's the only debt you can never get rid of. Yeah. yeah. And it shackles young people. That's what they want to do. Yes. Yeah. They, they are shackled. You get kids who are graduating with degrees in recreation management who have, have $80,000 in school debt. So here's the way you turn this around. If the university truly believes that they're adding value to the student, if they're saying, we're taking you at 18 and we're going to make you this much more valuable by the time you're 22, then you know what? The way that we will take our pay is that we'll take X percent of your income for the first five years after you graduate. Because mm-hmm. we've made you into an incredible engineer. We've made you into a fantastic chemist. We've done, we've done this thing. But instead, again, you have this collusion of yeah. powerful interests, including the higher ed lobby, everyone who's in government, and who loses regular people. Right here in the state of Missouri also, okay, you think about um, a vocational education, We've got places here where kids can go and they can spend $5,000 a year, right? For a couple of years, they can graduate 
with a fantastic vocational degree, they can go out and immediately they're making more money. And 10 years later, they're making more money than kids who are graduating from four-year universities. You know what's great about that too, bro? Is that for the last 20 so years, you know, they've kind of, uh, you know, like society has been like, oh, technology, technology, technology. Dude, you're still going to need people Yes. To do construction. You're still going to need people to weld. You're still going to need people to do, do everything with your hands. Everything that has to be done here with bro, your hands. And think right. about this. All that pay, that pay scale is going to go way up because there's so few people pursuing that now oh, yeah. that the people who have those skills are making way more money. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. Like, dude, if I was a young man right now and I wasn't sure what I was going to do, I would at least use the time to go get a skill like that yes. while I'm trying to figure it out because you're guaranteed some sort of income for the rest of your life. You can also be your own boss. Yeah. You own yourself. And this is, again, very big picture. If you think about the American Republic, one of the reasons why we were and have been a free country was because we always had a middle class of people, farmers and artisans who were their own boss. Okay, if we have a nation of people who are their own boss, that is the ingredients for having a free country. Mm-hmm. That real. is freedom. You know what I mean? Because yes. it's driven in principle. Yes. All right, here we go. Point number 10. 10. Here's, <laughs> a, here's the other. Yeah, we can, bro, go, we can spend another pick, 90 why, minutes why on this. Why don't you just this? pick the best ones? All right, make up. We did I, like I, taxes, I trust you. Taxes are fine. I'm just saying, we, we got some good ones, guys. We got bro, some good ones. a lot so, of fucking issues. 10 is Andy's favorite. Marijuana. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite, <laughs> but it's 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 not my least favorite. <laughs> so marijuana marijuana is a big one, right? Marijuana is a big one. Right now, uh, as of April 2022, we have 37 states that have legalized the medicinal use of uh, cannabis, um, and right now there's roughly about 18 states that have uh, legalized the recreational use of marijuana, um, but it's still a big fight on the federal level. Um, the bill just passed in the um, in, in, in the House of Representatives, moving to the Senate, they'll probably be thrown down. Um, but what's the take on, on marijuana? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I actually haven't been thinking about marijuana a lot recently. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking yeah. about Afghanistan and the border and, yeah, other, and other stuff. I will tell you this, though. Here's, here's one thing that you have to be very thoughtful about is that, and it doesn't get enough attention, is that marijuana clearly also has lots of negative effects for young people until the prefrontal cortex is fully developed. And that okay? is, that is and that's 100%, 100% clear. Yes. What, it, what this is, especially so, so in, in uh, young men and young women, especially for, for, for young men, the age is about 25 until your prefrontal cortex is fully developed. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, there is, as you said, lots of evidence to suggest that marijuana use has a very negative and permanent um, influence that's fact. on that. that yeah. And that's Dr. Fact, Amen talks about right? that all and the time. And so we have to, we have to, we have to recognize no, again, if you care about people, we got to deal with the facts of what's, of what's happening. And one of the things that you also have to be thoughtful about is that anytime you get big corporations involved in, in anything, okay, they will also push things to to uh to profit from people even if it's not healthy for them yes yeah, right are good so 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 right yeah. so so you find places now where they're selling marijuana ring pops okay who's who's using no, it's marijuana the same thing ring- as joe 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 camel back right, in the day right with cigarettes. right right 
right? Yeah. And so they're so marketing think, to their future audience. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's very, very important that we be very cognizant of the damage that can be done to people. Um, and we also have to have a rational system. If this is going to be legal, then it can't be a cash business where all of these dudes can't like put money in the bank. It doesn't right. make it doesn't make sense right. uh, for. I think the biggest I think the biggest the biggest issue I see with the, with the marijuana use is that for the last forty years, um, a lot of people have been uh, criminalized, uh, done massive amounts of jail time for weed use. Bro, people are doing more jail time for weed use than they are for violent crime. Yeah, and, and so so. That if we're gonna do that, we gotta we gotta we gotta somehow take care of those people, these yeah. people that have been stained or or you know permanently especially, put a stain on our society. Yes, especially when you have now a situation where you have George Soros funded prosecutors mm -hmm. around the country yep. who won't prosecute murderers, they won't prosecute people involved in arson, mm -hmm. they won't prosecute people who are involved in assaults. It is massively unjust. Police officers. Yeah, and very big picture. I mean, what this points to also, if you if you take a step back and you think about historically where we're at, one of the real threats to the United States of America right now is that people don't trust in the justice system. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, any justice system is built by human beings, which means that any justice system is imperfect. And we've had lots of, you know, uh uh Terrible things happened. Plessy versus Ferguson, which said right. that people were unequal, happened right here in the state of Missouri, okay? Mm -hmm. Right, that's happened historically. We have to recognize that. But there had always been in the United States a sense that we were moving towards justice. What's happened now is that justice has been blatantly politicized. Mm -hmm. Blatantly politicized so that certain people with certain political beliefs are very clearly targeted. And that is dangerous. People forget that one of the reasons why the Roman Republic fell was because they had had a corrupted justice system and Julius Caesar was basically given a choice by a corrupt Senate. He could come back and he could face a corrupt prosecution or he could bring his armies. And you know what he decided? He was gonna bring his armies. And that was the end of the Roman Republic. When the, the very basis of the United States of America is that people are gonna be treated equally before the law. And now, because of what's happened with Soros-funded prosecutors, because of political prosecutions, because of things like this that seem completely unjust, that trust in that idea has been rapidly deteriorating. And this is what also is really scary. When people don't believe that the law is fair, when they don't believe that the law can protect them, they will find other ways to protect themselves. Oh, yeah. That's real. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with you on the marijuana thing. You know, that's a difficult road to cross, uh, coming from someone who is in the cannabis business and who enjoys marijuana. And in fact, um, Sal can attest to this. Uh, I am a lot better human without alcohol and with marijuana. And, and I have a personal belief that the reason that alcohol has been allowed and pushed and, and put into our culture for the last however many years uh, the way that it's society is sort of built around the consumption of alcohol. And, um, you know, I, I, after I see all the corruption that's going on, I have to ask like myself, you know, why, why do they push alcohol? Why do they allow alcohol? Why do they, why do they build culture around alcohol and then not legalize this over here when it's actually something that comes from the earth? It's natural. It definitely does not cause the same issues that alcohol does. But then it also does 
affect younger people much differently. Yeah. You know, for me, for all you young guys listening, I did not smoke weed during those years of my life. Okay. Um, occasionally, you know, experimenting high school stuff, but you know, now I'm a much more regular marijuana user and I waited until I was older and when I was established and I've gotten my shit together, so to speak, because at the time I'm competing and trying to make sure I get to a certain place in life. You know, when they're making ring pop edibles, that's not, that's not a morally good thing, man. You know, I, I see that as no different than when we were growing up, you know, the cartoons they used to have around cigarettes. Remember that? Yeah. 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 There was, and there was this, this, this push. And I think that we, what we have to do with all of these things is just be to recognize that any policy, right, is going to have benefits and drawbacks. Mm -hmm. And you have to be very clear and very honest, especially when it, when it can potentially hurt kids. Yeah. And so let's, let's, if we're going to do this, then let's build a system that's going to minimize the harm that's going to be done. For sure. For sure. I will, I will do my best to speed through. Uh, number nine is just healthcare. But, um, yeah. Move on to number eight. Well, everybody can, we, can we just say on the healthcare thing, though? Because I think this is incredibly important. Yeah. There are two, two things on this. One is that we do not have a healthcare system in America. We have a disease profit system. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's yep. very important for people to understand this. And again, no one who's running for office is willing to say things like this. Why? Because there's a huge healthcare industry that dumps tens of millions of dollars into campaigns and keeps it there and profits from it. And you ask yourself, does the, does the disease profit system make money off of you if you are completely healthy during a year? The answer is no. Do they make money off of you when you are sick? The answer is yes. Now, again, this is not to, we have incredible doctors and nurses and all these folks who, 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 who are there to help people and to make them healthier, and they do. But the system as it exists in the United States of America, with the collusion between government and the healthcare industries, their interest is in their profit, not in your health. And the reason why you know that's the case is that you ask yourself, there are some very basic things that we know about human health that simply aren't addressed. Things like fasting, mm -hmm. right? Things like how people breathe, how people walk, exercise, the quality of the food that they eat. All of these things are essential to addressing the chronic conditions which affect tens of millions of Americans, and they're not part of the healthcare conversation because it's not a healthcare conversation. It's a discussion that's really driven by the disease profit system in America. And anyway, you can see when I talk about things like this, why I'm so unpopular with all of the <laughs> lobbyists, because, because oh, we, yeah. we, have, we have to expose, we have to, again, if you really care about people, you have to say like, what's really at stake? And finally, one of the things that's also really important to recognize here is that we are and have increasingly become a very unhealthy country. So you ask yourself, you look at everything that's happening right now in the world. Well, you know, I think it was Schopenhauer said like 90% of health, 90% of happiness is health. When people are healthy, they are happier. And you look around the United States of America right now, and what do you see? Lots and lots and lots of incredibly unhappy people. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we aren't healthy. Imagine this, do, do a thought experiment. Imagine if every man in America, every man in America right now from age, and every man from age 15 to, to 62 could put on a 25 pound pack and do a 10 mile, 10 mile ruck. 
Okay. So it's yeah. a super, super basic soldiering skill, super basic, you know, testament to, to health. Can you put on 25 pounds and walk 10 miles? Okay. Imagine, just think about the different kind of country you'd have if every man in America was that healthy. Yeah. Okay. Incre think about the sense of vitality. Mm. Think about the sense of energy. Think about how think people about the would sense talk of about health, self-worth these self people would worth. have. Yes. I'm and, capable. I can do things. I can change things. And let me, and so, and let's also look again, government policy. Okay. You look back at the, at the 1970s, right? And, and I don't want to go super, we could go crazy deep on this, right? The green revolution, et cetera, where they started to use all these fertilizers and chemicals in food, et cetera. But my point is, what the, what the disease profit industry would have you believe was that in the 1970s, suddenly there was a massive collapse in the will of Americans. That the reason why people are fat and the reason why people are out of shape and the reason why there's all of these chronic conditions is just because people made bad decisions. Okay. Or you can say, actually, you look back at what happened in agriculture when the government, the government pushed the food pyramid. Yep. <clears throat> The government pushed the food period, which There's said, dairy. hey, stop eating all of that meat. Stop eating all of that protein. What we want you to do is eat all of these grains, et cetera. There's dairy. Right? Yes. And you look back at the explosion in chronic conditions, a lot of it was tied to government policy, which again, in a lot of that government policy was tied to industry policy. And uh, you know, take a look back at pictures of people on a beach in 1970 in the United States of America. And then you ask yourself, okay, is the difference between 1970 and 2020, was the difference over the course of those 50 years was suddenly that the American character changed and suddenly like everybody got incredibly lazy or did it actually have to do with something that was fundamental to the food that we were eating and the, and the system that the healthcare slash disease profit system that we're a part of? Yeah. And that was super obvious during COVID too. If you want real life example right. to remember, um, Remember how much they talked about, uh, you know, 80, 80, what was it? 85% of COVID deaths were obese. And they did not say one thing about eating healthy. They didn't say one thing about exercise. They that, shut down they, gyms. Dude, they not shut only, down playgrounds. Not only gyms. did they do that, they, if you said on social media, hey, if, and this is statistically fucking true, if you are not obese, your rate of dying from COVID goes way down. And you actually said the data on Instagram, they would take the shit off of Instagram. They were forcing people to stay inside and not go to the yeah. gym, okay? You need vitamin D, you get outside, you exercise. All of those things make for a much healthier society and much healthier people. I mean, I think you could look at any of these topics we're going to talk about. And if you follow the money train on where it goes, you're probably going to find the, the, the problem in which it exists, you know, <laughs> where the lobbying sits. You know, we, we live in the health and wellness industry. Yeah. I and mean, it's what we do every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. And how hard do they make it to get people healthy? Well, and, they make it fucking hard. There's no profit in the education yeah. of, of wellness. See, that's the, that's the taking catch 22. Customers. That's right. <laughs> well, they don't understand. Like there's, you know, there's no profit in the education. So again, where there's mysteries and margin, if they don't know, then they don't know what they don't know. So they don't, there's no accountability. Right. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, when you talk about, you know, we've changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives at this point. You know, what, what happens? Well, they lose weight, gain their life back, they get off their medications. Yes. They're able to go, you know what I mean? Like their lives increasingly become better. They're not as. Yeah. You know, you know what they did? You know what they did? To, you know what they do to counteract that? They create a pro fat movement. Mm. They create a, they listen, this is a two prong approach. Yeah. They're messing with the food. 
But look at what they put on TV. Look at the messages they send out. Look at the, look at this. Now they're trying to shame people for being fit. Okay. Oh, you're just fat phobic. Yeah. Oh, a fat. Pho- yeah. You're fucking right. I am. I don't want to be, <laughs> I I'm almost 350 fucking pounds. Uh, I am definitely fat phobic. Yeah. And, and if you don't like it, then I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, it is what it is. But the point is, is that they put this shit down through, you know, dude, it's a, it's a constant attack on the, what, on regular people. Yes. And again, what it comes back to fundamentally, yeah. what it comes back to fundamentally is cruelty on their part. Yeah. It's a lack of compassion. They if don't you, look at us, bro, like you, we're people. Right. If you love Agreed. someone, if you love someone, then you know what? You want them to be healthier. If you love somebody, you want them to be happier. Yeah. Right. The left and they figured don't, out, they don't bro, care. The left has figured out that people really care about what you just said because people do care about people. And these people on the left, a lot of them are just really good people that haven't dug into what's actually going on. They actually have a lot of empathy for other people and they ride their moral high horse on that empathy. I was born and raised and I was a Democrat for a very simple reason when I was yeah. born and raised because I was told when I was young that Democrats are the ones who care about people. Mm-hmm, I thought, well, mm-hmm. I care about people. I'm a Democrat. Now, all so, of I that. Was, I was so because I was black. I was Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, but, but that, and, then, and then you wake up and you realize, and again, for me, it was doing the humanitarian work. It was seeing what the VA was doing to my fellow veterans who'd been yeah. disabled. It was running a business. All of these things made me not initially necessarily, I wasn't political, not necessarily more conservative, but it woke me up that, wait a second, they're saying one thing, but when you actually look at the facts, they don't really care. Well, I think you yeah, you hit yeah. that point in the head. You know, it's like with the Affordable Care Act, right? Was that what it was called? Yeah. The same thing yeah. as Black Obamacare. Lives Matter. Like right. you, you get down with the affordable. Well, hell yeah. I mean, I want those, you know, I want to help somebody. Obamacare, I love they make, Obama. They make yeah. it sound good. Exactly. That's right. They make it's it sound pe- good, but then what, the, the low income the housing tax credits, et cetera. But then you actually look at and you ask yourself, is this really helping people? And then what they do, and then what they do, guys, is when you figure out what they're doing, they play like they're just made a mistake. Well, they switch. Or they call you racist. Or they switch to another subject. Or they switch to another subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. And and I I want you to really think about this. How evil do you have to be to pr- intentionally make people unhealthy, sick, and dependent on your system for your own profit and greed? How evil does that have to be? Like, really think about that. Really think about, and then. Not only to do that, but to claim that you're actually the good guy for supporting it. That's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with lots of... And it's not not left and right. It's establishment versus non-establishment. Well, I I also think that you have to... We have to recognize the nature of the fight that we're in. Yeah. Okay? I didn't use the word evil related to politics even six years ago. Okay? But I, I think I'm an incredibly rational person. And I look at what people are doing. I've been down to the border. And if we want yeah. to, we can talk about what's happened. The worst human trafficking operation in the world right now, aided and abetted by Joe Biden and the Mexican drug gangs and cartels. The impact on violence, the impact on the economy, all of these things. And we could talk in detail about that. But you look at the open border. You look at the thousands of murders that have happened historic rise in murders because of the defund the police movement. You look at the COVID tyranny, taking kids who are disabled and keeping them out of school for a year. You look at all of these things and you have to recognize this is cruelty and it's not because they have a difference in political philosophy. 
the left is actively trying to destroy the country. They're nope. systematically dismantling it. And I'll I'll tell you one just one one super quick story just yeah. to just to to Dude, you know what? drive this home. Pe- yeah. People call me a conspiracy theorist all fucking day long because I say that all the time. This is intentional. It's in- it, it is the only rational conclusion that you can come to. And I'll give you I'll give you one super quick uh, demonstration of this, all right? So I think you know this story. I w- when I was governor we defeated Black Lives Matter and Antifa when they came to Missouri. Mm-hmm. People remember before I was governor, Missouri was the home of the anti-police movement. Ferguson happened here. That's where this all started. So when I was governor, we had an incident in the state of Missouri where a white man had killed a black man on duty and we had Black Lives Matter and Antifa came to Missouri and they said, we're going to burn this place down. They said, we're going to make it worse than it even was during, during Ferguson. Now, long story short, we defeated them. We defeated them with compassion. We defeated them with clarity. We defeated them with courage. And very briefly, you know, I said, look, as a Navy SEAL, I fought for everybody's constitutional rights. I said, everyone has the right to freedom of speech. Everyone has the right to protest. I said, no matter what happens when the verdict comes down, people are going to be upset. And I said, if you are out peacefully protesting, you will find that the police are there to protect you. But I also said throwing a brick through a window is not free speech. That's right. You assault a law enforcement officer, you're going to go to jail. And I said, in the past, in Ferguson, you had, you had people who said that they wanted to give people a safe space to loot and to burn. I said, if you loot and you burn when I'm governor, you're going to jail. That's it. All right? It's super clear. We had, we, we had the backs of our police officers. We supported them. We brought everybody together. We had a strategic, operational, and tactical plan for how we're going to communicate, how we're going to execute, how we're going to do this. The long story short, after three days, we defeated BLM and Antifa, and they left. They left after having broken a few windows and overturned some potted plants. So come back to Missouri and the difference between the common sense and courage of normal people and the evil that we see in the world. I told this story. I was on Tucker Carlson's show. This was in the summer of 2020. After the show, I come out and I'm sitting at Lindelin Grand, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. For people who know it, it's one of the four nicest corners in the city. You got the Powell Symphony Hall. You got the Fox Theater, St. Louis University. It's all right there. I'm sitting with my buddy and we hear 15 to 25 automatic gunshots go off. Okay. Sounds just like Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, I carry a pistol. I've got a med kit in my car. My buddy is a special operations firefighter medic. He's a much better medic than me, right? We jump in the car, in my car together. We drive about 50 yards up to the scene. We're the first two guys there. At the scene, there are two young men who'd been shot multiple times. And we start working on both of them. And unfortunately, both of those young men died that night. And these were good kids, 19, 20 years old, not a parking ticket between these two, these two kids. Both of them died. And I went to see their families because their families obviously wanted to know what their brothers, what their son's last words were like. Yeah? So I'm talking with them. And, and the Bagsby family, uh, for example, there's a, a young kid, Jason Bagsby, who's the brother of one of the kids who was shot and killed. And you know what he decides? He decides, you know what, man, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. And so he decides that he's going to become a St. Louis police officer. So he goes to the training command, uh, training command, and as we're sitting here, he is out protecting the people of St. Louis as a police officer. That's the common sense and courage of good people. Yeah. But here's the evil. The police worked on that case. They worked on it for a year. And what did they find? Eventually, they found the car that was used in the killing. They found the fingerprints of the killer in the car. Then they found the killer. 
He gave a videotaped confession to every element of the crime and all of the elements of his confession matched all of the videotaped evidence from the scene. They then took all of this information, the car, the fingerprints, the confession, the video evidence, they take it all to the George Soros funded prosecutor in the city of St. Louis. And you know what she says? Not going to prosecute. Now that my rational conclusion is like, that is not a difference in political philosophy. No. That is evil. Yes. When you decide that you're going to turn a murderer loose onto the streets who's going to do the same thing again, that is evil. So what does that mean? We have to be clear about the nature of the enemy that we're facing, and we have to be clear about the threat, which also means that we have to be clear in ourselves about what the tools are that are going to get us out of this, and it's going to take a tremendous amount of courage and a tremendous amount of people all over the country stepping forward if we're going to take our country back. Because that is with the people who, who we are facing are actively trying, many of them, to destroy the country. It's, you know, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. at this point in time, if you're still hanging on to these people are just like not very smart, you, you might be running along with them people. <laughs> <laughs> what I've been saying to people, last thing I'll say on this is like, if you're on the sidelines, you're on the wrong side. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's time. If you're listening to this and you're not involved, you're not engaged, you don't have to be in part of my campaign, but figure out, get involved in your school board, do what is right for you to do, but get out, raise your voice and say, I'm going to be part of this because, you know, people say this a lot, but I've seen it. I saw it in Bosnia. I've seen it in Rwanda. We're seeing it now in the United States of America. The only thing that it takes for evil to succeed is good people do to nothing. do nothing. And so there are far more of us or far more courageous people than there are these leftist bullies. But we have to, everybody who's listening right now, this is your mission. It's not just mine and Andy's and DJ's. This is your mission. This is your country. And you have to find a way to step up. And one of the things I always said to the wounded and disabled veterans who I, I worked with when I came back from Iraq was I said, you'll know your real mission when it scares you. Okay. And, and when you look at the country right now, people are afraid. They're afraid to put something pro police on their social media. Bro, people are afraid right now, honestly, to fly the flag in front of their house. Exactly. That is bullshit. And so we have to, you have to be, you have to be courageous. And your mission, your mission as an American, your mission as a patriot, your mission as someone who loves freedom is to find in this moment whatever your personal gifts are, whatever your personal abilities are figure out how to use them to help us to take the country back. Let's talk about that for one second, yeah. okay? Because the left is very organized, okay? And the, as you know, you and I discuss this all the time, the, the, the moderate and the right is not, okay? Not as organized. And it's, what, it's, what, it's worse than that. Not what, only is, are we not organized, the corruption and the cowardice within it. the rhinos of the Republican Party consistently undermines true patriots. Yeah. I was, I was gonna ask, and what by like when you say organized, what do you mean by that? Like, well, I mean, in the sense of like what? Look, man, uh, I think it's pretty clear that a small minority of people is is creating most of the disruption in the country right now. Yeah, most people that I've talked to are uh, their answer is, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do, or or they won't let me say it. They say that a lot, and that's just a courage thing. That's that's an illusion that they use technology to create. So that it's political correctness basically expanded upon where they put this, this idea into the society where, where people become afraid to speak. So they silence themselves. Right. And that's what we're dealing with here. So we're, 
you know, I get asked all the time, as you know, like, you know, and I really do get asked all the time. Okay? Like, I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> I like Sal with his DMs. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's not like Sal doing his Instagram story. Hey, guys, I got a bunch of questions today on, on, how, awesome, <laughs> on how awesome I am. So I'd like to answer those questions. Well, you'd be surprised how often I get that question. Yeah. So, but the, the, the point of what I'm trying to get to on this um, is that how do the average people who, who want to be a part or, or let's just say they want to vote for the right person, right? Because it is very confusing if you're looking at it at surface level. If you buy into the idea that there's left and right, it's, it, it, the, the system will never correct itself. You have to look at the individual candidates, what, who they are, where they come from. And like you said, what is their purpose for right. going into government? Is right. it because they, that's a career for them or is it because yeah. they're trying to contribute and serve? What would you give advice to like, because dude, we have people all over the country listening right now um, that want, dude, they're good people. They want to help. They want to do more, but they're just not sure exactly what to do. Yeah. The, the short answer is yes. It's just take action. Yeah. Okay. And that can take a whole bunch of different forms. It can be sharing your podcast with people, mm -hmm. right? Saying, hey, this is where I'm getting my information. And also, I found this great news site. I'm reading just the news. I go out to Revolver News. I go out to you know this other site and start sharing information because people are consistently, every single day, being lied to by the mainstream media. I'll give you just mm -hmm. one, one quick example on this. The Freedom Convoy came through Missouri. Mm -hmm. Okay, I went out. We had a rally with the Freedom Convoy, and then I was on. I jumped in my personal truck and led them for 40 miles through Missouri, and then we had another rally. I had a friend who was standing in the crowd while I was on stage speaking to hundreds of people. And they Googled what's happening with the Freedom Rally and the first seven stories of the Freedom Convoy. And the first seven stories said that it was shutting down. Nobody was sh showing up, et cetera. They're literally lies. Oh, so, yeah. So one thing that you can do is, is figure out how to like not just consume the truth, but also spread the truth. Take, and it takes some courage. And you can do it on email, you can do it with friends, you can do it with others, but start spreading the truth. And then also find a way to get involved and not just involved in politics, okay? Because this is what the politicians would have you believe. The politicians would have you believe that this is going to get solved by people voting just for the right people. This is a cultural movement. That's right. We have to win culturally. And that means people need to stand up on behalf of freedom. It means that people need to stand up and, and of course, at their school board, of course, at the, at the local city and county level. But beyond politics, people have to be willing to stand up for what they believe in. And here's the thing. Again, we are the patriots are people who believe in freedom are the vast majority of the country. That's right. But bullies work by intimidating people. And it's how every totalitarian regime works. They come in and you look at Pol Pot in Cambodia, Mao in China, Stalin in Russia. What do they do? Somebody raises their voice and they come in and they literally grab them out of a classroom. They grab them out of an office. And the message is not just to take that person out. They want everybody to see there are consequences for raising your voice. That's right. Well, you know what? If everybody starts raising their voice, we are far more powerful than them. They are bullies. We can beat them with courage. They work through fear. We, courage is rooted in love, okay? If you love something, then you're willing to fight. 
And if you love your country, you love your community, you love your family, you love your neighbors, all of which might be imperfect and are. That's right. We're all imperfect, but you stand up with courage and you fight for it. That's the antidote to their fear. Yeah, I think the, uh, I think those are all awesome points, man. You know, I would just like to add on that too. You know, you guys rooting for people who are speaking up is not enough, right? It's not. And what that will get, what that will get us if that doesn't change, which I think it is changing a little bit. Um, that's going to get your favorite personalities put in jail. Okay. Those people that are, you're rooting for will, will be selected out. You already see this. Like you see how they went after Joe Rogan. They target the threats. Yes. It is a defined and clear methodology that tyrants always use. People who are threats are targeted. That's right. That's why they, but that's what why we they see, though, the good thing we see is that it's not harmful right now. Okay. We are still in the window where we are free to speak. That is closing. All right. When you look at Rogan and you saw everybody come out and, and go against him, his show is higher ranked now than it was then. Right. All right. So right now you're being rewarded to be courageous. And we have a heavy entrepreneur listenership here. Yeah. Um, and you guys can lead the charge with this by making your business pro-freedom. 100%. By, by saying, hey, we, we, we do not buy into this, this politically correct agenda. We believe that our employees and our customers and our people are free. And we stand for freedom. And when businesses start standing for freedom, that matters. You guys might not think it does. But here's the best part about it. You're going to make more money because people want to support that. They are hungry to support that. So when you actually have some courage, you could be the company in your little space that says, you know what? We don't apologize for believing in the American flag. We don't apologize for believing in the Constitution. We don't apologize for believing in freedom and individual thought and individual progression. And if you do that, you're going to stand out right now. And, and perhaps more importantly, you're going to be proud of yourself. That's right. At the end of the day, as far as we know, we all only get one shot here. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to have to ask your question at the end of your days. What did I stand for? That's right. Right. And Winston Churchill said, Teddy Roosevelt said a similar thing. Ulysses Grant said a similar thing that any person, any man who stands for something will have enemies. Mm -hmm. And if you stand up, you are going to absolutely, people are going to, that you're going to face consequences for it. People are going to attack you if you really stand up. But at the end of the day, you're going to be proud of yourself for having stood up and done what's right. I think those consequences are far overblown. I, I, you know, everybody I see that gets canceled does better. Everybody I see that gets attacked does better. And what's that tell you? That tells you that people are tired of that shit. They're ready for a different message. They're ready for freedom. They're ready for, you know, non, like this, this, this thing what we have going on in society where you get your life totally destroyed because you made a mistake or you said the thing the wrong way or you said something that they just didn't agree with. People are tired of that. And, and I people don't think- People are sick of it. Yeah, yeah people, sure. And, and yeah. I don't think people care whether or not that person that is getting attacked actually uh, agrees with their 
personal views, I think people recognize it as tyrannical. Yes, yeah. deep, deep down, people, people, people know. Yeah, no, yeah, people, yeah. people get canceled by the people that supported them because they're not standing for what the fuck they, they, that, they believe That's a great in. point, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You don't get canceled by the, the Karen that's yelling at you. She never fucking supported you to begin with anyway. It's when you bend and support them back and say, oh, I'm sorry, people who don't shop at my business ever. I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll, I'll create my whole business plan yeah. around customers that aren't even my customers right. and that don't contribute anything financially and don't really drive my business. I'll make all my policies around you. Let me tell you, you, if that's you, you're you're not a very good business owner. Okay, you have to know your audience. You have to know that it's that you're the leader. You you guys are letting the the tail wag the dog. Right. Okay, I'm just telling you. I've been out there. I don't know of anybody besides maybe ten people who have been as outspoken as me. Okay, that's the truth. Guess what? We're growing. Everything I'm doing, everything I'm associated with, is on fire. All right, that's not a mistake. That's because people say, hey, you know what? I like what he says. And even if I don't like what he says, I like that he's courageous enough to say yeah, it. That's exactly. Real. And people respect that. And a, a lot of you guys out there who are looking for, for a way to, 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 you know, I'm missing something. I'm missing that. I'm missing the, what you're missing is the understanding that is very simple for me to understand. 50% of the people have a propensity to like you. 50% of the people have a propensity to not like you. Your job is not to cater to the 50% of people who aren't going to like you no matter what the fuck you do. Your job is to take the 50% of the people that have a propensity to like you and make them love you. And if you can understand that, you will be successful. But the more you ride your fence and the more you are afraid to speak up, not only will you be nobody in business, but you're, you're, you're abandoning your obligation as an American, in my opinion, to actually uh, do what's right. Because it, this does not survive without our voices. This freedom does not exist without exercising freedom. And the political correct nature of our society has been designed intentionally to get you to self-censor. If you self-censor and you're afraid to fly your American flag and you're afraid to say that you love America and you're afraid to say that you love freedom and you're afraid to say that all this shit going on in the world is bullshit, guess what? If you're afraid to say it, you're going to get more of it. More and more and more and more and more. And we will eventually look around and we're going to say, holy shit. And some of us are doing this right now. Holy shit. What just happened? Wow. This is crazy. Right? And, and it's not what you want. You're not surprised in a good way. You're like, fuck, this kind of sucks. I wish I would have said something. <laughs> and there will come a time where there will not be an opportunity to speak up. And so I hope you guys realize that this started 20-something years ago. This started with removing the flag from the classroom. This started with... 17th place trophies. This started with mediocre is okay. Now it's everything is okay. It doesn't matter what you do. It's okay. And in fact, if you have a moral standard of any kind or standards of any kind, you're an evil person. That's where they've taken it. And you guys, the, how do people say, well, how do we get it back? I'm not allowed to say anything. No, that's not true. You are choosing to not say something. Nobody's not allowing you. You're choosing to not say something. That's what you have to understand. Oh, you, your, your, your sister-in-law is going to get upset? Who cares? <laughs> you're you're self-censoring. You cannot self-censor. We will lose freedom. freedom over and you, have, you, have, you have to get to a point in life, I, I, I believe, yeah. where you say, you know what? I'm not going to shrink. 
That's it. And I'm going to be proud of the fact that I have the right enemies. Personally, I'm proud of the fact that George Soros comes after me. Yeah. I'm proud of the fact that I was sued by the Satanic Temple. I'm proud of the <laughs> fact that I get attacked by the mainstream media. Yeah. I'm proud of the tac- of fact that Mitch McConnell and Karl Rove come after me because you know what that means? I'm standing for people. That's right. And we've got, and I, I, I sometimes say this when, when I'm out, when we're campaigning, I say, guys, you know, I have all the right enemies. Yeah. Right. And if Soros is coming after me and the satanic temple and the rhinos and the mainstream media, like it's because I'm doing something right. If I wasn't a threat to them, they'd leave you alone. So you have to look at the people they leave alone. Yes. Yes. Okay. They, so what that says, when you break it down, guys is, uh, I'm not scared of that guy. I'm not scared of that guy. I'm not scared of that guy. But we got to fuck with that guy because he's a problem for us. That's what that, hurts. Yeah, but people are not connecting these dots yet. Yeah. Like more, the, more and more people are. Yeah. More and more good. people are. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. is a big difference between 2016 and 2022. Really? Okay? Yeah, huge. Back in 2016, people knew like, okay, CNN and MSNBC, like they're kind of like out there on the left. They're biased. But they're biased. Yeah. But- yeah. They thought CBS, NBC, ABC, like they're kind of shooting you, shooting you straight. No more. No one trusts the mainstream media. These are real no, people that you talk to. Real people. Okay. Hundreds and thousands of them. Really? Thousands and thousands of them. Every, no one trusts the mainstream media. That's good and in to fact, hear. listen, the mains the here's what happens. All of the elitists always underestimate how intelligent real people are. Okay. And the fact is now, when real people see that the mainstream media is writing a nasty story about someone, the immediate reflective assumption is that man or woman must be doing something right. <laughs> that is the immediate reflective assumption. Because why? Because they've seen it. They're smart. They've looked time and time and time and time again. What do they do? They shoot all of these lies out and they attack people who are threats. And so no one trusts the mainstream media anymore. And it's one of the reasons why, frankly, like podcasts like this do incredibly well. Again, they underestimate the intelligence of real people. Real people who are listening to this, they'll spend 90 minutes, they'll spend 120 minutes having an intelligent, deep, historically informed, philosophically thoughtful, compassionate conversation about the issues that are in front of us. And they will spend an hour and a half, two hours of their day doing that because people are smart and they're on to their games. Good. They figured it out. Good. That's good to hear, man. Because yeah. I know you talk yeah. to people on the street like all every day. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Dude, I was down in Dunklin County, Missouri last Saturday. Okay. This is, if you're looking at this nationally, this is the boot heel of Missouri. It's one of my favorite sp- spots in Missouri. Passionate, courageous, strong people. And everyone down there knows. Everyone. If you'd done a survey, it's like 98% believe that the mainstream media lies. Yeah. They get it. About everything. About everything. Yeah. Dude, I'm to the point now, and this is where I tell people, I'm like, dude, <laughs> if they're saying it, there is a likelihood, there is a legitimate, oppor- a legitimate chance that the exact opposite is actually true. <laughs> yes. No. Shit, yeah. le- legitimately. Yeah. It's legitimately. Yeah. Like, if you watch CNN and you take their fucking headline, and you flip it around the other way, that's actually what's going on. <laughs> like, in, in most cases. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole, got her own bankroll. Can't fold, does a no head.